coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California. I'm Anne. I'm Katie. And I'm Karen. And this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Welcome, everybody. Howdy. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I am kind of excited that we are here to talk about this book, Mexican Gothic, Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Yep. But before we dive in, what are you guys working on tonight? Um, I am working on um, a Christmas gift for a friend that's going to be this little dragon oh, dice bag. That's so oh, cute. cute. So I have... Um, I was working on the dragon part until I ran out of red yarn and had to go buy another skein. Um, and now I'm working on his little dice bag that goes with it. So <laughs> It's like a dragon's hoard. It's yep. so cute. <laughs> so he can it's hoard like lots little, of dice. It's like a little cauldron to hold his dice. Karen, is that the second half? It's the second half. Show? I know. Yay, Yay. Congratulations. So I'm just calling it a sweater. Okay, of your sweater. <laughs> yes, yes, it's something I should, but I, I haven't touched it in two weeks because I told myself, it's okay, I'm working on class projects, but honestly, I just was like, my brain was like, ugh. I just, yeah, it came into a mental block, and but now I'm like, nothing like a deadline to put a fire under you. Well, that's the very best thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's coming along. Okay, so again, our book this month was... What are you working on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anne. Oh, yeah. Me. Um, I am working on my first uh, Alpine Bloom Tea by Caitlin Hunter. I am going to make a second one. I have the yarn lined up. Um, But anyway, focusing on this one. (laughs) Um, I am in the body, and I'm probably about halfway done with the body. Um, all the color work's done. I need to finish the body and make the lacy sleeves, which mm. I am excited about. Is it long sleeves or short sleeves? It's short sleeves. Oh, yeah. And it's... you do this cute little lace and you attach it, uh, grafting the lace onto the oh, sleeve. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Yep. Um, Somebody asked me why grafting was involved in that sweater and I was like, oh, but now I know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> um, I think I know why, though. Is the Is the lace... Uh, directional? Yeah, well, kind of. I actually think that it's not necessarily, but maybe it is. I think you'd get a scallop anyway. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. lace starts on the neck, but you just get the scallop at the base of the lace instead of the base of like the little feather column. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make it more. Was it more top cohesive? down? Yeah, it is a cohesive. It, um, it is a top down sweater, and yes, I think it makes. So sense. to me, top down means that. If you're continuing with the top-down method, then on the sleeves, then they'd be going the same direction. So it's intentionally a different direction. Maybe. No. So the sleeve... Like the edge is the cast on. Yeah. So the bound off edge of the sleeve will mimic the same scallop as the cast on. Um, so you're going to get a scallop So you'll have no a cast on at the sleeves instead yeah. of... Uh, I guess Instead yeah. of the bind okay. off. Yeah. That and makes so sense. the scallop will be going the same way. Because you're going to get a scallop either direction of this but lace. the edging itself yeah so it, they'll match the neckline better nice uh so it's going smoothly i'm in the wonderful part where like all the fun happened already yeah and um now i'm just in the bliss stockinette but that's great because then you can watch more intense things you can read while you're knitting it's uh, yeah. It's it's actually not a bad thing. It's I good. could go watch Oppenheimer again. Yeah, it's good to have a boring project <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Um, 
So back to the book. Yes. <laughs> Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. Um, I have kind of a lengthy summary, but hopefully it's not too long. Noemi Tabarada is a 22-year-old wealthy socialite. She goes to see her cousin Catalina, who is living with her husband's family in the High Place, a mansion located near a small village in the mountains. Catalina has written asking for help. She sees ghosts and believes that her husband Virgil is poisoning her. Virgil Doyle comes from a once wealthy family that has run out of money. Noemi worries that the Doyles are after Catalina's bank account. At the high place, Catalina has a fever and is ranting about ghosts in the walls. She is being treated by the family doctor, Dr. Arthur Cummins. Noemi is given limited access to Catalina. Catalina asks Noemi to secretly pick up medicine, a tincture, from the town healer, Marta Duval. But the tincture causes a seizure, and Noemi's visits with Catalina are limited further. Noemi eventually learns that the high place was built by the Doyle's brother, Leland, and Howard, Virgil's father. They also reopened the town's old silver mines. Howard's first wife was Agnes, who died. Howard remarried Agnes's sister, Alice, and they had two children, Ruth and Virgil. Meanwhile, Leland married Dorothy, and they had Michael and Florence. Ruth fell in love with a man who mysteriously disappeared. Instead, Ruth Instead, Ruth was ordered to marry Michael, her cousin. <laughs> yep. First cousin. Yep. Before the wedding, she drugs and shoots up the household. Leland, Dorothy, Michael, and Alice are killed. Then Ruth killed herself. The mines were closed around that time. Florence later married and had Francis. But her husband, Richard, went raving mad and was found in a ravine. Now, only the Doyles left. The only Doyles left are Howard, Florence, Francis, and Virgil. As Noemi stays in the house, she starts to dream of ghosts, have strange visions in involving the Doyles, and she sees a golden woman climbing out of the walls. Noemi forges a friendship with Francis, but he warns her not to trust the rest of them. Virgil is charming, but seems predatory. Florence is strict and scolds Noemi constantly. And Howard is old, controlling, and a eugenics enthusiast. There are also rumors that the family is cursed. In addition to the family's sordid history, there is a sickness that has at times caused fever, madness, and death in many of the family's workers and staff. As Noemi's dreams get worse and she starts sleepwalking, she decides to leave High Place for now. At that point, the Doyles reveal they have no intention of letting her go. They tell the truth that Howard discovered a long time ago discovered a long time ago a mushroom that had the ability to heal and extend life. It is especially potent within the Doyle's bloodline, which is why they have an incestuous family history. This house and the air in it is infused with the mushroom spores, which is grown under around and under it, forming a symbiotic relationship with the house and its inhabitants. It also allows a level of control over people that have inhaled its spores. The spores have an ability to collect and store memories. Noemi's visions are actually the family's collective memories, which they call the gloom. Howard sacrificed his first wife, Agnes, through a ritual that turned her into the mind and hub for the spores to spring forth from. Howard is actually around 300 years old. He has the power to transmute his memories into the gloom and then live in another's body. He's been doing this with family members to preserve the potency of his powers. The Doyles have lately been branching out in terms of marriage, Catalina, Richard, etc., because their inbreeding is causing infertility. 
Shocking. <laughs> Outsiders, Imagine, for good reason. <laughs> Outsiders react differently to the spores, with some getting fevers and dying, the sickness that killed their workers. But Noemi seems to... Noemi seems too highly... Comp- she... But Noemi seems highly complimentary. Plus, she has the wealth they need to replenish their fortunes. They want Noemi to marry Francis. Francis knows this is wrong, and he tells Noemi that Marta's tincture can lessen the spores' control over people. Francis and Noemi devise a plan for her to go along with the plan temporarily as he sneaks Noemi and Catalina the tincture. After the wedding ceremony, they want to transmute Howard into Francis. However, Catalina... Stabs Howard in the eye with a scalpel, scalpel, and Francis takes Florence's gun and shoots her. They escape. That's Francis killed his mom. They escape the family crypt, and Noemi sees that the body of Agnes is down there with the floor sprouting from her, the spores sprouting from her body, and her mind still acting as the hub. Virgil stops them. Virgil says he knew about them, continuing to take the tincture, but he allowed it because he wanted them to injure Howard. That way, Virgil can take control of the spores. Instead, Francis fights with him. Noemi lights the body of Agnes on fire. Catalina, Noemi, and Francis escape into town with the house ablaze behind them. The book sends the police... The book ends with the police and Noemi's father headed over to the town to check things out. Francis has a dream about the house healing itself and him inside it with it emerging stronger than ever. He wonders if he should kill himself. However, Francis and Noemi kiss and they are hopeful they can build a better future. This family's so effed up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, best question. (laughs) What'd you guys think of the book? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I was disappointed by this book because I thought it was such a cool story and I thought it had so much potential, but I do not think that either the author or the, um, narrator of the audiobook were talented enough to pull it off. Wow. Because I found the writing to be a a little dry and I needed a little more... (laughs) Like, I have some examples that, that I'll talk mm-hmm. about. But also, the narrator of the audiobook was like, it, I don't know. It was like, the way that she read it was like, blah, 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 blah. Every sentence had the exact same intonation. And it really was like, she it really took me. It. And I don't know if I'm just coming off of listening to hundreds of hours of really good audiobook. <laughs> but I was like, this is Spicy. just, like, it was hard to, like, get pulled in. Fair. And I wanted to be. But like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like it lived up to the potential that it had, okay. and I think it would make a really cool movie. Oh yeah, it's going to be supposedly. Yeah, I didn't have enough time to Google Google and research this, but uh-huh. I read someone's review that said that it's going to be a limited series on Hulu. Yeah, see, that sounds fun. I think it has a lot of good potential. Yeah, Karen, I, what did you? Think? I think what it lacks in a paper version will be f- filled in. In, in an in a visual, I feel like this needs to be more visual. Be um, I like I liked the storytelling. I do feel like there were sections, and and I agree with Katie. Maybe it was just the particular narrator. That's fair. That because I I thought, you know, there are times where I was like, wow, no way, you know, and other times I'm like. <laughs> I 
I had to listen to it really fast because my library oh, so it book was, was due. So it was already exciting for you. Yeah. Because so like I had didn't the get spice. any of <laughs> I also listened to it pretty fast. Okay. No, I but I didn't think speed. I didn't think that it was slow. Like the story wasn't mm-hmm. boring. No, no not but at all. I found um an example of what I was thinking of. Uh I just I have a passage here. And I want to read it like the narrator reads it. So um they were forced to remain on their knees as he set their bundles of cloth on fire. The cave filled with smoke. There was a boat. He pulled the woman into the boat. She o- obeyed. As he rode off, she stared at him and he glanced away. She thought he thought she was unattractive. It's like, okay, <laughs> like you're getting to the point, but I don't know. It was, it was just dry and, and it could have been really good. And I thought the story was exciting and disgusting. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> okay. gosh. So like and scary. Yeah. But it could have been house. so much more scary. And nobody cleans the mold. I was well, like, what is? I didn't understand. So that, that. was I a understand now. foreshadowing for you. That was like, oh my god, this is creepy. There's so. How can you have this this ginormous rich house on the hill? Except they're not really rich. And then Grandpa, you think getting. You, because you know, death is not the end for these people. <laughs> like, like, well, like for him, for one of them, for one of well, them. Well, I suppose your consciousness gets to haunt the gloom. It gets back. Sure. It, it gets sucked into the but gloom. He's the only one who gets to live on. <laughs> but I thought there was someone else. Who, well, no, the 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 presence of the well, Agnes is daughter. the hub. So Agnes is the hub. She's the first wife, and then there's Ruth. Who is a ghost. Like her consciousness is a ghost. But her consciousness does seem to try to warn or interact yeah. with our heroine. And um, so there, so she's dead, but she's not really dead. <laughs> she can interact. You know, but wow. And then when you, I thought, I have no hope for, for, the young, for the young guy. Because I think he's just been too climatized by his family. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because he could, he he. Because, like, um, if you just look at it as an organism trying to survive, mm-hmm, which he's yeah. supposedly a part of the organism, right? Yeah. He, um, like, you wouldn't destroy, like, he had the power, to the ability. Because, like, his mom knew that what they were doing was wrong. Yeah. And she even tried to get away from it. Mm-hmm. But, like, she is drawn back to it. She can't save her son. And he has the power to be able to kill his own mother and to help fight but can off. he actually get away and survive? Oh, he doesn't know. Or yeah. will ha- have the spores been in him so long that the withdrawals will kill him? Oh, we don't know that either. Yeah. Know. I mean, it could be a, they could, it could be a follow-up book. Okay. Okay. I'm ready to start asking. Oh, I love this book. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> what, would, what about you? Um, I loved it. But, like, all of these things are very valid. Like, there were moments where, like, we jumped through something and I'm like, that's done already? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. like, or, like why what? are we spending so much time in a certain place? Or And what was that thing and why didn't, like, why didn't anything happen? Like, th- uh, one part that I was thinking about was, like, their, like, wedding ceremony. They had to eat the mushrooms. Yeah. But then nothing happened. Yeah. Like, it was was it just that they were like because i thought like oh it's gonna be that now she's i don't know like i thought maybe it was gonna take time for it to kick in i get i don't know and i love the idea of like 
I love a good like gothic Victorian yeah. kind of thing. Like it made me want to reread um Rebecca. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so th- that's actually before I start the story. Before okay. I start those questions, what are the things it made you think of? So yep. Rebecca for sure. Yeah. I totally agree. Karen. So many classic um so many classic gothic the woman in white, Jane Eyre. I mean Jane Eyre or Wuthering it Heights? Just, it just, like, I the, couldn't the emo- decide. The, or Wuthering Heights, I think, is better. Like, yeah, the vibe I, was more Wuthering Heights to me, but the haunted, like, what is the history of these people mm-hmm. story, definitely Jane Eyre. Because I saw, like, a lot of people <clears throat> say Jane Eyre. Yeah, and what was the other... We have always lived in the castle. Yeah, have, yeah, that one, yeah. too. So, the things it vibed for me are Rebecca, number one. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yellow wallpaper. Have you guys ever read that? It's no. a short yes, story. Yeah. I love it. About a yeah. woman going mad looking at this yellow wallpaper. Oh. And you and don't... it's the mold in the wall. Yeah. Uh they don't they don't say it, but, you, but there's but still there's still it's the definitely, idea. Yeah. It's still I think she has elements of these other things. Right. It's the haunt like it's you know, I don't think it was accidental that no. the wallpaper mm. and the ugliness of the wallpaper. So in the yellow wallpaper, she because I read it um, recently that she's um, seeing this woman trapped in the wallpaper. And it's just it's a method for the storyteller to talk about her psychoses. Mm-hmm. And you don't know like what's real in this story as versus what's her psychoses, which, I, you know, you feel a lot in this novel. Um and because it reminded me of Rebecca, mm-hmm. it was a pleasure to think of Virgil as Army Hammer. <laughs> oh, yes. I know. And you, I felt torn because I'm like, ooh, spooky, handsome guy. But also like, oh. oh At yeah. some point it was like, no, 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 no. I know. No, no, no. Yeah. But it, but it's a perfect characterization yes. of Virgil's evilness. Um, I mean, which, if you haven't watched The House of Hammer, I recommend you watch The House of Hammer. But but how can this guy who says he loves her, but honestly, he just wants to use her as a tool to get rid of his father so he can take his place and be the one who lives forever with with uh, love interest after love interest. Yeah, just <laughs> eternally renewed. Love. Oh, so gross. Yeah. So gross. Very yucky. Um, so she did a great job of creeping. Yeah. Like, so there's some, you know, shining stars in this. Book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like did you see anything out there that was like a bad combination of this reminds me of what do you mean well there's one that kept popping up i read an interview with um the author um for an npr show it's not gonna come to me right now but Uh anyway um and one of the reviews that kept popping up like as a blurb on that was jane Eyre meets dracula uh, which like Dracula is there is an epistle there's a letter to call yeah. the the yeah. betrothed there yeah. and the house is spooky and holding secrets but like of all the combos I'm like yeah it's it pulls uh, from a lot of tropes yeah like yeah. I mean so many gothic yeah that's so much gothic homage yeah, yeah it's a spooky old mansion in a creepy yeah. family that lives yeah. there it's yeah. like yeah and, there's and plenty I, of examples out there I wonder if she did some of them shallowly and some of them well, and maybe that's where the the discordance of what's maybe. good and uh-huh. what's not good in this. Yeah. Because there, it's all yeah. full of tropes, and she talks about it in the interviews yes. I came across, too. I thought it was a really cool story. Like, yeah. I, I think yeah. it was 
yeah, I think it has a lot of potential as like a concept. Yes. It had, I like the elements of bringing it. Usually when we talk, think about Gothic stuff, we're thinking about England, British, you know, maybe mm-hmm. American, Northeastern America, maybe, or, you know, the Scotland, yeah. Yeah. you know, but see, hearing it in a different culture and mm-hmm. being able to get little bits of that culture and that history, right? I thought was an interesting, fresh take. I That's what I've liked about, so this is my, my second novel with her, is that I like her perspective on showing us Mexico's culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I read one person's review of this, and she's like, I live in a border town in the U.S., and I have a lot of Mexican family, and life in Mexico is nothing like this. Well, life in Mexico City is nothing like right, a border life city in the in, yeah. northern border. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, it's very different. You know, I don't, yeah. I think I mean, Mexico City is one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world. It's like one of the biggest cities in the yeah. world. And, well, and, and the country of Mexico you know, is so vastly huge. diverse. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have such a so many people groups mm-hmm. that are indigenous and non-indigenous mm-hmm. so it's not like you can be a one part and that it it's like representative you know, of all, it's like yeah. the blind people that are the three blind men who are at different parts of an elephant and to them trying to describe it is very different yeah from their perspective if only you if you only have your region mm-hmm. then you don't get the full right like if you only ever went to Ensenada you'd be like Mexico's just like Ventura <laughs> <laughs> um, one one of the things that I was thinking when I was reading this is like why is it set in Mexico because I have an answer okay I'm so but, but I'm thinking like it didn't not that it didn't need to be because I did appreciate the cultural uh, aspects of it that we got from it but after she gets to the house, they're all British. They're from England. Yeah. It could be set anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't matter that it's Mexico. It doesn't matter anything except I'm like, well, why did they, why did she choose that? And I was thinking, well, maybe it's because her and Francis can speak Spanish. Like they needed yes. to have a different language yes. that they can speak. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe so that they can speak Spanish and justify that that's yes. a language that she speaks. Yes. But that was one of the problems that I did have with it is that like, I wanted more of that cult. Like I, yeah. I hardly ever say I wish a book was longer, <laughs> but this book could have been longer. I could mm-hmm. have used a little bit more like character development and also more of the culture, like yeah. the surrounding culture yeah. that we didn't really get a whole lot. They did of. pretty much stay on the hill. Yeah, you know. she goes to town once or twice, which I love. It was Doctor Camarillo. Yep, Camarillo. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in the author's words her intent of making this um like transplanted uh-huh. british high place yeah is to show how there were many ways that colonialism mm-hmm. took over uh, mexico it wasn't uh-huh. just the spaniards came and left it's the other opportunistic european countries that came and um like overwhelmed yeah. the the natural culture of the of the indigenous culture. Like I was reading, one of the things she mentions is like how the Spaniards had systems of slavery. They just didn't call it slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to like, I'm like, how is this different than slavery? I followed many like Google paths down there, and it's like finally just it's slavery without being slavery. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that was um, there's a letter in the back of the book. Um. Yeah, I understand the point of like, yeah, of why, of why, and also then you get into like the whole eugenics part of it, mm-hmm. which is like 
they need like fresh blood mm-hmm. and it's like these people who live in this area are very like um uh what's the word uh they have a lot of vitality yeah you know so it's like oh they we should put a little bit of them into our bloodline yeah. right which she featured like she talks about how that comes from her study of um lovecraft who is the most mm. the biggest monster yeah. in science fiction that i've come across yeah. um and that he um he was so focused on eugenics and that even though they're like oh yeah we need to get some of this native blood in here that that is so deeply racist <laughs> it's in colonizing pinpointing. people's traits her, yeah, or her genetics yeah, yeah. they're colonizing, it's colonizing her genetics. genetics yeah it's like oh I don't get to know you as a person, but yeah. Well, they colonized the but, spore, yeah, mm-hmm. because it was something like positive and not. Um, can't think of the right word. Nothing that was like dark and bad. It was something that was like worshipped and enriched right. them, and then. But uh, they had no problems letting all those killing all those miners for their own benefit. No, and- I'm talking about the uh, the original peoples who, oh, who worshipped yeah. the mushroom. Gotcha. And like they didn't eat the baby. <laughs> the the aged priests would give themselves to the community yeah which gross but anyway <laughs> uh i was raised in a religion where you're supposedly eating somebody's blood and flesh yeah every time, and so. it's like this is normal yeah it's fine <laughs> well it's uh, like it's very communal communal <laughs> as in communion yes. um no transfiguration needed it's just blood and flesh to start with all yeah. right what do you think noemi's life would have been like if she had never visited High Place. I think that she is a woman that gets what she wants. So I think that she would have... Uh, I mean, she did say she wanted to go to university, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think she would have been able to had she not done yeah, this because she, she had to make some kind of deal. Undergrad and yeah. moved on. Yeah, married some fancy man and, yeah. you know, made his life <laughs> yeah. living out. Yeah. I'm going to be a jockey. You should be the horse. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, I want to wear this beautiful no. ball gown instead. Yeah. But you're still dressed <laughs> as a horse. I think even if she went, if her dad find found a way to pay her way into university, she'd be there maybe a semester until something else interested right. her and moved on. I think she, she would have gotten She was used to being a merits. rich socialite. She would get into the university on her merit because yeah. she's whip smart. Yeah. yeah. But... She, like he he throws money at it yeah and, just, and she, insu- just as insurance i totally agree with you that she would have just it would have been another passing fancy another thing she tried but <laughs> i think after watching her journey through this book i think she will be an anthropologist mm-hmm. yeah. you know mm-hmm. um i don't think she and francis are meant to last no it's nice that he has a friend to help him through this but I, she's not gonna stick with him They're- like i have no like there's no love between them. They're friends bonded by trauma. Well, to me, he loves like her. The end of speed, but it's like does He's he, not in speed too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> does he actually love her, or is it just like a a new different person? Yeah, you know that's available, oh, not married not to his cousin, cousin well. or is his cousin. And it's like, oh, you're somebody else. I've never met anybody else. Okay, I love you. Yep. Well, yeah. What kind of experience does he have? He knows nobody else except that, like, the servants who don't talk. Yeah. Or his mother. And that's what he you says know? too. He's like, "What the hell am I going to do in town?" And she's like, "Anything you want." It's like, "Well, yeah, that's because that's what you're used to doing." But like, <laughs> honestly, what is Francis going to do with right. his life? He doesn't, he doesn't have, have anything. Not, the idea of whatever you want 
when you ne- you never even know you don't even know what you want because that was never an option. Maybe yeah, he can so. be her driver. I hate to <laughs> I hate to think like maybe he oh, should gosh. kill himself. Oh, but I mean it would take care of the problem that it he's would. worried about. It would, and also she's not going to stay with him. No, no, no. Nope. Flights of fancies, no yeah. I mean. All right, this is a quote. She wanted to be like. Perhaps this explained the parties, the crystalline laughter, the well-coiffed hair, the rehearsed smile. She thought that men such as her father could be stern and men could be cold like Virgil, but women needed to be liked or they'd be in trouble. A woman who is not liked is a bitch and a bitch can hardly do anything. All avenues are closed to her. How do you think the sexism of this period affected Noemi and Catalina? How did it restrict them and force them to make certain decisions? P.S. Did you guys pinpoint what when this is set? It was like the fifties, right? Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I felt like the forties. I think at some point he said something. It was near the beginning of the book, and that was like thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what made me think. I'm like, okay, now we're in the nineteen fifties. I don't so remember, maybe it was but like the World War Two reference. Or I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was it like a, somewhere in there. It did take me a while to try to figure out when this was because at first I thought. Can I see the book? Well, remember mm-hmm. we we I, I was was. We had the, I kept thinking it was during, the, you know, 1800s or something. And then they kept talking about the modern plumbing. And I, it shouldn't have distracted me, but it kind of bugged me. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait a minute, when is this? distracted in somewhere else about that, but we're not going <laughs> to talk about that today. So oh, I that was, oh, not the, it wasn't this one. It was another story. Where, oh, it's another story we're talking about. Well, I, I thought maybe here too, but. <laughs> Possibly. That's Cause right. Because there were a few elements really, that confused a, me until yeah, I Yeah, like, there were a few elements here. I expected that. I did expect them to have chamber pots because just the 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 like um, old feeling of everything, maybe. Yeah, because I mean, no does, not, does he pick her up in a car or yeah. is it a okay? But that just could like be an any old, time. I mean, since it could have been a model T that he had a hand crank. They do talk <laughs> about like the cars that they have, and it's like one of them is like this old, like vintage, very luxurious car, and then there's like a modern car that they have, and it's like okay, well they they didn't have cars. I think at one point they talk about like silent movies or something yeah. and he, like her dad went to the movies or something and that was like two or three decades ago so I was like okay we're probably somewhere around the 50s I'm yeah. guessing I and I felt 40s I was doing my math badly yeah. I mean you might be right because I was guessing from the um like there's phones everywhere in Mexico City but not in the more rural areas uh-huh. oh that makes sense but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know yeah, oh. <laughs> I guess because I also thought about the medicine woman and um, the herbalist and her st- way of living was so um, timeless. Yeah, it's or like simple. old country, simple yeah. Yeah. cottage with all these wonderful smelling herbs. And I wonder if that was intentional to put us like a little outside of time, like to Maybe. make it a little challenging. And to then pinpoint. the story. When you're isolated up there, she does, as long as you're, all the people up there sort of are in a space where time kind of stops. There's, there's, without connection to that outside world. Yeah. It, you are sort of floating in this timeless space. Yeah, like a little bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to get back to the question about, uh, sexism's effect. Yeah. And I, this period. I think that she is right about, that she, if she does want to get anywhere in life, she has to be manipulative like that, right? Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of avenues open to a woman to get anywhere. Yep. So I don't think it's wrong to use what you have to get 
if if there if you don't have any other options, right? Like yeah. she, there's no other way she could get herself to university or to get a career without knowing her place right. and working within the systems. And and people still have to do that nowadays, yeah. not as much, but like well, I mean, you got to work with it she to has get to through use the tools that is are available mm-hmm. to her. This is a modern characterization: a woman who is not liked as a bitch, and a bitch can hardly do anything. Yeah, like. Yep. Yeah. And and men often sculpt that narrative even now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, the perception of powerful women is sculpted by the men who criticize them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In order to get anywhere of success, you have to not that you have to be a bitch, but you're going to be Perceived. men are gonna assume that you are. Right. And and spread you make them uncomfortable. Yeah. You are the monster. Yeah. Um, whether or not your cause of their discomfort is righteous, yep, you're a monster. Yeah. Uh, so the restrictions come from where she can go, and of course she's going to choose paths that, you know, her decisions are going to be guided by who she can see make see her in yeah. a favorable light. Mm-hmm. Which sort of is her trap door in this situation. Uh (laughs) Oh, we didn't choose the shiniest one. (laughs) Yeah. This one's closer to the money. This one has better traits. This one might be smarter. She's more even keel. Yeah. That's another part of the book that bothers me is like Catalina and her her character. Is it like she's kind of in just like a handful of scenes and she's mostly a plot device. Yes. But it's She's like, well, yeah, it's sad to be Catalina. I would have liked to know more about Catalina because yeah. she does seem like a very, de- like a, she could have been a very dimensional character. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She lays in a bed the whole book until the end. Until she slurps down the, to- the tonic. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's, that's her main action scene. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, used, she does stab Uncle Howard as- or whatever in the eye with the scalpel. It was her. I thought it was kind of, was, um, no, it was no, her. It was it was her. her. She's like, like at the side of the bed and speed. she like breaks out of her trance and just starts stabbing him and that's it's when what's her name gets where people have gotten so used to ignoring her and not realizing she's there that she sort of slowly gravitates closer and closer till she gets a chance to just there's just enough of her grabbing her will to to grab it the medicine she knew how much to take do you think she was trying to commit suicide by taking by no. overdoing the medicine. No. Because it's that wasn't it wasn't opium. It was just like a natural tincture that the woman made. That she understood fought against the the, the fungi. Like yeah. I think she probably took it once for sleepiness and was yeah. like, Oh shoot, I don't feel as crazy when I take this. And so if she knew that it was gonna do that, I don't think she was trying to kill herself. I think no. she was trying to break out. Yeah, this the the relief was so like once I understood what the tincture did, right? It put her behavior into focus for me that it was a relief. Yeah, but to me, I felt I did take it that she was trying to relieve herself of mm-hmm. that, but taking gulping the bottle down and taking so much of it, I thought she was maybe. desperate for any kind of relief, even maybe. if it ended her. Yeah, maybe. Because, so. like, think, like she's sort of entrapped in syndrome, in but, a sense. But I don't think that she want. I don't think that she would have gone that far because she wouldn't have bothered to bring Noemi into this if she didn't think that there was a way that they could get out of it. Uh. I don't think that she drew her in and trapped her, like, Mm-mm. without caring, like, that she was drawing That's her cousin true. into this. I think that she knew that her cousin was smart and could figure it out and could help her. And if that were her 
intention i don't think that she unless you know she was sort of in and out of uh, consciousness and reality for a little bit so i don't know but yeah i don't think that she was hopeless yeah i don't think she would trap her intentionally you're right and she was conscious enough that i i see your point that she wouldn't have ended herself because she would have known that that would have left her cousin there trapped yeah, yeah. maybe yeah so what are your feelings about High Place? Did you feel like it became a character in the story? Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first half of the book is sort of waiting for things to happen because you yeah. know something's going to happen. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, I was just sort of under the impression of like a classic like uh, gothic novel where it's like this house is old and decaying and and it's creepy and there's maybe a ghost in the walls and it's like mm-hmm. okay well are you gonna tell me that there is or isn't you know mm-hmm. so the house itself or the estate itself it's it obviously does become a character because it is alive <laughs> right yeah um but it does take a little bit for that to come to fruition <clears throat> what is the scariest part of the story for you? I'm going to change this question of what is the most disgusting part of the movie for you? Because <laughs> there's like two highlights for me. <laughs> um, I could just rattle off a couple. I'm thinking of when she has a vision of somebody giving birth to a tumor. Yeah. And then Ugh. also when they eat the baby. Yeah. And then also when he makes out with her and spills yeah. black bile oh. down her throat. And then also when the um, doctor is piercing his boils with a lance and, like, draining the pus. Oh, oh, this book was nasty. It was so gross. (laughs) Everything about the, like, oozing of bodily fluids when he's near the end. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can keep going. (laughs) But, oh, when, like, she's getting molested in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. That was gross. Yeah. And Grandpa and Victor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I And you know what? So it's like one of my favorite Star Trek episodes where the guy is like um, mind raping people. Mm. She was totally being mind raped. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was not her imagination. They were going through the gloom and molesting her. Yeah. Wow. I thought this. I would say the scariest part or the part that I was most like, oh, my God, what's going to happen is when she is she's like i'm gonna leave and they're like okay come visit grandpa one last time and then he's just laying on the bed naked and she's like what's going on and then they like force her onto her knees in front Mm -hmm. of his bed and you're like "Uh, uh, uh, what's going on yep that was the point where the book really like took off and i'm like oh what's going on here come see grandpa oh yeah and he's not he's not just naked he's naked and bloated and covered in pustules so this is where the book takes off kiss grandpa you must kiss grandpa no (laughs) if this if this was like a portion that segmented out by itself like it's a strong way to strong rising climax payoff yeah like yeah definitely (laughs) it was the worst scene and and the best scene (laughs) it was was, was awful it was horrible (laughs) i mean we've been talking about this but i just want to read this uh, quote Old would have been an inaccurate word to describe him. He was ancient, his face gouged with wrinkles, a few sparse hairs stubbornly attached to his skull. He was very pale, too, like an underground creature, a slug, perhaps. His veins contrasted with his pallor, thin, spidery lines of purple and blue. What a description. What do you think of Howard? Yeah, Howard. <laughs> love him. Oh. Yeah. I think 
that her char- like her physical characterization characterization of him as we meet him now at the end of the use of this shell uh-huh. is a perfect way to like illustrate his true yeah. villainy yes. and yeah. disgusting. Because if you met him looking like Virgil, like right. you thought you were going to, you'd be like, that's a bad guy. But instead of being like, that's a pretty. Yeah, but that's a disgusting, (laughs) depraved monster. Yeah. 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 I Uh, mean, Virgil is a disgusting, depraved monster, but he doesn't look like it. Just in an army hammer shell. Uh, (laughs) What was your favorite character in this book? Who, I'm sorry, who was your favorite character? Who was your least favorite character? Um, I didn't really like Noemi that much. That's fair. She's actually kind of hard to like. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say Francis was probably my favorite. Like, he's the most endearing. Um, and I like Dr. Camarillo. I like Dr. Camarillo. He was my vote for favorite. Yeah. I liked I liked the medicine woman. Fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, Martha. I, Martha Duval. Well, she did a lot of exposition. Yes. So we got to pat her on the yeah, back. Yeah, I did like that. her. Um, I didn't like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, no. But none of them are very likable. No, I think... But they were meant to not be liked. Right. I think the one that you get the most interaction with is Florence, who mm. I definitely don't no. like. Like, she's terrible and yeah. awful. And I think that we spend probably the most time seeing how terrible and awful she is. But she doesn't do the worst. Right. You know, I mean, how do you be Howard? Yeah. Who, ate who a plays baby? Mo- Who yeah. plays Florence in a movie? I don't know. Oh, I think it'd be someone pretty and stern. Yeah. You know, it would be interesting, but she's probably too young. Because even though I love her. It does say in the book that she's not old. Well, she'd have. She's probably. She's probably in her 40s. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, she is I not old. I feel like she's old, but not old because she's got the fungus. No, no, no. That's Emily Blunt. Yeah, she think seems too her. young. But she's not. No, she's I know. She's in her 40s. But in my, she's. <laughs> But she, she seems too youthful, little, maybe. She but made, she think of her that age, guys, but make her look a worn, little harder, harder well, and worn down. Did you guys from, ever see the Jane Austen book club? I think it's one of the first things I saw Emily Blunton. I think no. it's it's Sounds either right familiar. after the Devil Wears Prada or it's right before. She has always looked the same age yeah. to me, which is about forty. <laughs> I'm thinking that Florence is <laughs> probably she's gorgeous. I love her. I'm thinking she's probably closer to fifty mm. because it does say that <gasps> what's his name, her son, is older than Noemi. Okay, that's oh, yeah. fair. So yeah. he, I in my mind, he was like thirty. Okay, and so I mean, I don't know what. Wait, what I age have, she... I have a new one. Okay, um, Jillian Anderson. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I was thinking like Octavia or not Octavia. Um, uh. Uh, Coleman. Um, oh yeah, Olivia. Yeah, yeah. But she might be too old. Yeah. But that's was my maybe Olivia could play. One of the, somewhere a flashback of the wise. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, I don't know. No. Maybe Cause Emily they, could be because they have to be British. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah, you yeah. go. Emily is Ruth, the female villain in Rebecca. The how the housekeeper in Rebecca. Yeah. That's she wasn't ca- old either. No, she was but just that's coarse. the kind of character that kept coming to mind when I thought of this one. Yes, in her action, but I think she probably has to be kind of the same as Virgil in the sense that, like, the devil comes to you beautiful. Yeah. Because she had to go out in the world and find somebody. Oh, this reminds me of another book, Haunted by, by Chuck Palahniuk, which there's this, like, group of people who live in this enclave and they send their beautiful children out and they make, try to make themselves gruesome by like 
I mean, you have to read it. <laughs> but they're so beautiful. And they, like, bring these people back in and marry them. And then, like, I think the resolution is they become human sacrifices or something like that. Um, it took me a, a year to read it's that It's just book. very cultish. <laughs> the whole idea of yeah. going out in the world and bringing people in to be sacrificed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Very, very cultish. Yeah. Um, hmm. What do you think about the ending? Do you think the story is really finished? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, they pretty much lead you to believe, like, no, it's not. Yeah. Because she burns the house down, like in Rebecca. And Francis has a vision. And But also Francis knows, like, well, some mycelium can't be killed with fire. So yeah. there's a really good chance that, no, it's in the ground, it's in the walls. Like, it's you're not going to kill it all by burning it. And she's like, well, we could go back and burn it some more. <laughs> so, no, I don't think that it is. Also, like, but could it possibly return to its original nature? Yeah. Because now Agnes is dead. Yeah, without so this the creepy family. May be gone. So maybe what we're saying is the mycelium was corrupted because yes. of its connection to the family yeah. And, yeah. and Agnes. Yeah. They perverted it. And without it. that corruption, it can go back to the way it originally was. Eventually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't that know. it is finished. I don't know if she plans on writing a sequel, but I don't think it needs one no because i i like a spooky story that leads Just, with like yeah. everything's fine but is it yeah, you know exactly it's like you classic need to lead me by the nose through another one <laughs> yeah it's like the end of um the thriller music video where he's like oh hey, you're fine it was you the whole time and then he turns to the camera and he's a creepy guy yeah so it's like everything's fine but is it you know mm-hmm. um this so the um lengthy uh Summary came from the bibliophile.com and bibliophile is spelled with an F. And as I've learned, I yeah. can find it with a PH. And it looks like that's a really comprehensive website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so might be a good resource in the future. Cool. And then the questions came from libromaniacs.com. Mm. Um, and on that website, at the end of like the summary and just, and questions, uh, there were three books recommended. Oh, cool! First two are not going to be surprising. Okay, <laughs> number one, Rebecca, Rebecca, Daphne du Maurier. It didn't make me want to reread it. Yes, and my aunt told mm-hmm. me when I read it the first time, she's like, "That's my favorite book. I reread oh, it every year." Yeah, and now I'm like, I want to reread that book. Yeah. It's it's perfect on like when we start getting Christmas. It's such weather. a cozy book. Yes, I remember when we read it. I don't know, two years ago or whatever. And I remember sitting in my room, like facing the window and it was raining it and was, had a it quilt like on a my super... lap. And I was just so cozy reading that creepy book. That's a, I'm thinking of the weather. Like yes. the weekend I started, it was like the perfect weather. Maybe I'm just craving the weather. And <laughs> that if I read the book, it'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll just be disappointed. Maybe. It was, it was nice this morning. Yes. I, I hope, yeah, the, I hope the marine layer like stuck with you guys mm-hmm. in Fillmore too. Um, the haunting of Hill house by Shirley Jackson. Yeah. I have not mm-hmm. read this, but of course we, have dabbled in Shirley Jackson uh, and then this one I'm having trouble finding and I'm almost prepared to read it in Spanish okay <laughs> really test my Spanish skills no one will see me cry Christina Rivera Garza and hmm. this book like the synopsis was basically like it's set in the 1920s Mexico and um, this man meets this another they're both I think they're both um, in a mental institution and they meet up together and he thinks that she's a um, 
sex worker from his past and that they have a past already and uh-huh. and then they go through their harrowing lives together hmm. and it's like a time period that i don't know anything about in mexico <laughs> okay. i guess didn't we read some other books set in mexico about bees yeah what was that yes that oh that's like a well, it, it was up. around that time it was yeah. because it was during the spanish influenza yeah so mm-hmm. that's 1980 i think it was 1918 mm-hmm. we'll see if i can figure out um, what that was but <clears throat> Magical realism, the bees. What was that called? The bees. Yeah, you're looking. Was oh, it just yeah. called the bees? No, no, it had like something boy. lovely. Yeah, I'll figure it out. The boy uh, who spoke to bees, or something like that. Something like that. Uh, so, in one of the one star reviews on Goodreads, <laughs> uh-huh. someone recommended like if you love the like if you were looking for the the vibe of this book and you you feel like it didn't fulfill what you were looking for that you should read a short story by Daphne du Maurier mm. called The Birds and since mm. uh, this had such heavy du Maurier yeah. um, vibes I'm interested in looking for that short story that's it is The Birds The Birds yeah, yeah. I've um, read it it's fun okay I'm gonna look for it Goodreads had a 3.68 rating on this with mostly four and three star ratings um and that's out of three hundred and fifteen thirty-nine readings. Mm. Um, and then another one star. <laughs> uh, her she tempered her one star with like, I didn't like it because of this, and then I also didn't like it because I have a book hangover from this book that was the best book I've ever read called Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell. So I'm on a waiting list for that. Um. Because I'm always interested when somebody tells me it's the best book they've ever read. The Murmur of Bees. The mur- the, yep. That was a really, I thought that was a very interesting book. The only bummer was when it was like, hey, that's a lot of classist racism in that book. Mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, that puts a damper on everything. <laughs> so. so. Well, I'm glad we read this. Yeah. I want to read mm-hmm. more me from too. her still. Um Gods of Jade and Shadow was maybe a better book, mm. I will say. Oh, this um, and there's a sample of it if you have the book. There's a sample nice. of it, and it was a fr- it was free on Audible when I oh cool. So I don't know if it's something oh, that's, that's cool. an Audible original that you can grab for free. This book got a glowing review from um, somebody who I highly trust with uh, book things. I mentioned I was reading it, and she was like, "I love that book," and I was like, "Okay." Well, um, I, I think I was. I, I did enjoy listening to it. Yeah. For, overall, I think I, will, I was I, damaged by the fact that I listened to it quickly and I didn't like the narrator. Okay. I think if I had read the physical book, I would have liked it a lot more. Well, so now I'm doing something um, that I'm, I'm I'm trying to strategize how I'm going to incorporate this into realistically into my reading. So I've got these pretty little tabs on the first twenty pages of the book. I'm going to start doing um, annotati- annotative reading uh-huh. if I loved a book. Okay. So like I didn't I did like this book. So um I'm annotating it and like you go through with pretty flags and highlighters and you yeah. write in your book, which is like Which feels very weird. Woo! <laughs> also the alternate cover in the inside is I incredible. Love it. I didn't know that because I just listened yeah. to it. That's I never so eat. good. I have I would have a poster and I never that. Yeah, that's because great. I listened to it. I, I didn't see that. It's well, the, the book on the shelf like, super cool. Yes. 
But Did I you like know, them. Both. I also, when I was looking up reviews, there are paper dolls that go with it, which you're going to love because oh. it's like some of the outfits that they describe that she's wearing, which is fabulous. Like her clothes. How cool. It's like, I'll see if I can find the link. I downloaded a guide, but then How once awesome. I looked at the book, I didn't um, like a PDF, a book club PDF, but I think it's what's just in the back. I don't think that's Yeah, This is. is from like the Random House website, Ooh. but I, I'll send you the link. Um, Thank you. Because it's very cool. I am into this. Um, yeah, um, I, 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 I did like the stylization and like the descriptions of her clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to have a, pa- a paper how- dollhouse where you can change the wallpaper so it has more and more mold. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so like in taking a close read of it, like I'm only getting more like oh, deeply. <laughs> That's the link. <laughs> more deeply into it. Mm-hmm. And like seeing there's so much like the first 20 pages, so much foreshadowing. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. much like dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um like we now know that cuz the father's kind of um confused about why Virgil changed his tone when they're corresponding of like you know what send Noemi I want her to come uh-huh. well now we know why yeah because it's like well the first one's a dud yeah <laughs> let's try again <laughs> yeah definitely and they both have money so you know there's that yeah um so that's fun yeah <laughs> cool so what have we read this month um oh. Let me go grab my pile. I think last we talked, I was in the middle of a court of mist and fury. So I finished that one. I finished Wings and Ruin. I finished Frost and Starlight. I finished Silver Flames. So I am done with the Court of Thorns and Roses series. I was done a couple weeks ago. Um, but I finished all those. And now I'm in like like book withdrawal. To yes. be, and I know she has so many more books. I know. But, but I don't want to start a new one of her series. Well, join me in annotating. <laughs> yeah. I do so, want to go back and yeah. read So I, I bought the first two because I want to catch up to where Karen is physically reading. Uh-huh. For, I mean, I think that should be our bonus episode. Yes. For the yeah. next four. <laughs> when you listen, if you listen to our regular podcast, um, our Patreon um, from last month was basically a mini book club of A Court of Thrones and Roses. Um, so I'm annotating, mm. which is fun. Yeah. Dante saw me like sitting because he's a he's a he's a sophomore in high school and he sees me with my highlighters and my pins <laughs> and my post-it flags, which is a joy to me because I love oh, stationary yeah. products. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Bob, you're out of school. No, I'm not you. You don't. You don't have to do this. I Who's making you do work. this? Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> don't stop me from doing what I love. Right, and I'm like, this is fun, Dante. <laughs> yeah, school supply shopping was the best part about oh, going back gosh. to school. Oh, so yeah. as an adult, when school supplies come out, from like, ooh, what can I buy? I bought yeah. a trapper keeper yeah. this year. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. I was just thinking about that. Like, I keep, cause they have some sweet, sweet designs. Yeah. And they keep coming up in my Instagram feed. I was at Target one day and they had them. I was like, oh, I'm buying them. <laughs> but you know, it's a little sad. Like, I used to have a dream. Like, I would have repeating dreams that, like, my mom gave in and I would wake up and there'd be a trapper keeper <laughs> on my bed. And that never came true. No. Um, real, that it's not Trapper Keeper 3000. I don't know what a Trapper Keeper is. A Trapper Keeper is a sweet binder from the 90s that had, like, a Velcro cover folder oh, and it those? was like Lisa Frank yeah. or these incredible like um uh stylistic designs. <gasps> yeah. And they're like, oh, great. There's a clipboard gosh. in the back. Yeah. It's got matching folders. 
Oh, I love it. I don't but, know how we got on this topic. But Trapper Keeper 3000 is a South Park episode oh, <laughs> where, yeah. like, yeah. Cartman just keeps upgrading his yes. Trapper Keeper. <laughs> and then it, like, eventually, t- you know, yeah. things go awry. <laughs> All right, what'd you read, Karen? Well, I read The Lady Town Circle of Women by Lisa C. Loved it. Cool. Uh, I love it. I didn't, in, I really thought it was really interesting. Um, it had parts, like like the book we're, we've just read, parts of it were a little slow. Parts of it picked up, they picked up about halfway, <laughs> and then I was into it. It's different from her, a, a little different from some of her other books, but I enjoyed it. Of course, a thorn of a uh, court of thorn of roses, and um, and, you finished the and I just finished a court of mist and fury. The best one. I'm in the third one as of because, like, I finished it, and I immediately and went stop. and and, re- <laughs> and, and s- gave it back and tried to run yeah. get the next one. I do have the next one, so I'm about. A quarter of the way through since like the day day before yeah. yesterday. Um, I will say that yesterday the third one is a bit of a slog. Yeah, it's it, yeah, but it, it's, I mean they're all great. Yeah, but that yep. it does slow yep. down. Yep, 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 yep. But just keep going. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna keep going. It's it's yeah. Um, so the, the we're I like s- a, at least a year behind. Everybody that's listening to this I is know. like we know, but, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, we're having a great time. We're here now. Okay. <laughs> So I am reading. And you suckers all had to wait for each one to come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm currently reading The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it's it's, re- it's yeah. really good. And there's this book that I read and I love it and I'm very angry about it. Ooh. Chelsea Abdullah, The Stardust Thief. It is so good. And I am so angry that I have to wait till <laughs> mm, 2024. I hate that feeling. Before See? the next one. There's yeah. going to be three in a series and I... That, I was like, book one was so great, and everybody that you read about it goes, we're very angry that you didn't have the next one ready for us <laughs> immediately. Uh, <laughs> You're going to George R. R. Martin this and get yourself, uh, you know, hassled out of the sequel. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, so, but that's a high recommendation. Yeah, um, it is it really, okay, The Stardust Thief by Chelsea Abdullah. Um, so, so, so good. Uh, narrated with multiple voices. Oh, um, so it it re it it's very much like a radio play, but better and so so good. It's it's it, okay. So you know how Court of Mist and Fury you have it's fantasy realm, but it's set in. Okay, so there's a new term that's not Middle East. It's wait, it's like a four letter acronym that is more accurate. That has anyway. My eldest shared it with me, and I promptly forgot it. Um, but it's that, that, you know, that part of the world uh-huh. that was the foundation that, of where all of us came from. Fertile Crescent. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. That kind of, that's an anthropological term for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so good. I mean, there's, there's, is a world of gins and a world of humans and, uh, a lot more than that. So anyway, Stardust Thief. Nice. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Nice. I um, might even listen to it again. I think you might have heard me gasp when Karen yeah. was talking because I was thinking about how when I listened to all of the Sarah J. Moss books that there are dramatized version audiobooks for each of them as well. So I like did not know I that. I didn't listen to them because I wanted to get their original, but I'm like, well yeah. now I'm gonna go back and listen to those. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Who Tom- has a sexy enough voice <laughs> to be very sad? That's what I mm. um 
I think that is now like a very toxic thought experiment to ask people to cast. Because <laughs> um, then you're just like obsessed thinking about it. Yeah. Until they finally announce the cast, which will probably All not I be know what I is, want anyway. As I'm listening to it and I hear Katie going, oh, I'm dying. Because I'm like, I know that I'm like, I hear, I hear past me making little comments about what I think about people. <laughs> Uh, in characters only because I just didn't know. Not you yet. didn't know. Yeah. Didn't None know. of us knew. I didn't know who really was the monster. So and now like, I know. You're Kitty, you just said that you're in um like book withdrawal, is that how you yeah. say it? Like what do you guys do when you're feeling that like I want this fix again, but I don't want to dilute what I just went through? You it's know? hard. I don't yeah. know. Because I do the same with like really good like series. And a a thing that I usually do, which is not healthy, is I don't finish it. So I'll no, wait till like too. I still have an episode <laughs> left. It's not over yet. Yes. Um, I didn't do that with these books because I just ran it's through an all of them. Ongoing series, yes. anyway. <laughs> but now I'm like, but when's the next one gonna come out? Um, but I think it's like when like a new season of like Stranger Things come out, and I rewatch all of it yes. to get ready for it. Yes. So I'm sure when this new book, whenever Sarah J. Moss writes it comes out i will reread yeah. all of them yeah. which is a lot of book yes. but yeah yes, i I, I think my answer has been just talking to other people because i've talked to you my sister is reading it my cousin claire reread it she read it whenever these were coming out but us reading it currently she's like oh i want to go back and read them too so we have like a group chat with my sister and my cousin and it's called amy's reading um a Court of Thorns and Roses because it's like I just want you to text me your reactions yeah, when things happen thing. and just yes. tell me when when yes. you're reading things just like you've been doing Karen. It, so yeah. it's the same with Perfect. Karen I'm like I just want to talk to people Perfect. like text me when something happens yes. so I can well, be like oh thing. yeah I felt like I felt like I needed to not just I couldn't I thought this, wait if until, I wait yeah. till I'm done with the whole book there's so much that yeah. it's it's overwhelming gotta get it these little thoughts I'm in and I want to come back to the first one that you texted about because that was the main thing I wanted to ask everyone <laughs> <laughs> is it the time period? I have no idea. So I, I just, I just gave up on that. thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> we're going to save that. Okay. Uh, what did you read? I, I'm i sorry the library apps aren't working so good for you guys. <laughs> I just haven't Hoopla. tried because I've been like... It wasn't Hoopla's fault that my... Okay, my, my library card is so old that the physical so one is almost faded completely yeah. off. It's I have so no idea where my physical one is. just expired as you like brought yourself more access. It lasts for five years, huh. right? And this was the end of year <laughs> five. So crazy. So, so Karen's library card expired in the middle of the book she was listening to. No, no. I, oh, you I, I finished the court, but I couldn't get to book three. Ah. It let me put it in my card. Like, Sorry, you got a problem. You have to call the library. Uh-huh. Um, I have finished ten books this month. Ooh, which woo. is like, I think Holy I was guacamole. a 12-year-old the last yeah. time I That's incredible. read that much. Okay. A Court of Silver Flames. Mm-hmm. A Light uh, by Sarah J. Moss. All the Light We Cannot See mm-hmm. by Anthony Dorr. That, that was audiobook. Killing Me by Michelle Gagnon, Ooh. which is this girl who is formerly a um, con artist, has set her life straight, and she gets abducted by a serial killer, and then somebody gets in there and saves her and kills the serial killer. Whoa. And then it goes on from there, like, what is this tangled mess she lives in? Whoa. And I read that as an ebook. 
Um, my husband and I, we agree on a book to listen to mm-hmm. um, when we're on a long drive, which we recently had. And he went 180 degrees from the book we stumbled into last time, which was The Fourth Wing. La- but still good. Lafayette in the Somewhat United States by Sarah Val. And it's about Marquis de Lafayette and his mm. input in um, the Revolutionary War. Mm. And it's it's very interesting. Sarah Val is a really interesting historical writer. Um, you might know her from This American Life and from The Incredibles. <laughs> she mm. voices Violet. But um, it was dangerous for me to listen to this and drive. I definitely was long blinking. Uh-oh. I mentioned while we were talking earlier, The Yellow Wallpaper, which is a 30 page mm-hmm. short story, but I'm counting it. That's by Charlotte Perkins. And Char- I'm sorry, Charlotte Perkins Gilman. I'm interested to read more of her writings. Uh, the Witcher, book one, mm-hmm. Blood of Elves, because I'm looking for that new series. Yeah. How was it? <sighs> I don't know what Henry Cavill's like commitment to the source material is. Because mm. it wasn't bad. And I am interested in continuing, but it was a lot more of like, here are the people and this is what they did for 300 pages. Yeah. It didn't feel like, which I'm, I mean, that's a story, a valid storytelling, but there was, to me, not much of an arc. Okay. I mean, maybe because it is a series, it's just this, this, this portion is a steep. A 300 page intro is a lot to slog through. Well, and it's good. And you're picturing Henry Cavill as the Witcher and that's fine, but... Nah, not yeah, sure. It's not scratching it's not the itch. Filling in. Yeah. yeah, audiobook on that. Passing for Human, a graphic memoir by Liana Fink. That was a was actual book. One. Very good. Mm. It like touches at the tenderness of like, like you think of your parents as these wonderful, fully formed like pillars of your life, and it she's able to like get at the tender underbelly of Mm -hmm. like everyone's mental health and it's really good Mm. okay so when you did the what is unsolicited advice for murders Mm -hmm. by vera um, wong's unsolicited advice for murders so as googling that it took me to a series by rosalie connect or necked um about vera kelly and those are, hmm. I finished all three of those. Who is Vera Kelly? Vera Kelly is not a mystery. Vera Kelly lost and found. And Vera Kelly is a PI who gets her start in her first book as a CIA operative in the late sixties in her. And she's like 26, 27 years hmm. old. She's um, a lesbian trying to make her way, uh-huh. discovering herself and protecting herself in a time and place that's not friendly to yeah. um, her identity. And then the next one is set in like later 60s. I think it goes 66, 68. And that she picks all these kind of interesting things that are happening in the world that you don't actually like hear about to me that you don't hear about that often. The first book is an Argentinian um, regime change. Uh The second Mm -hmm. book is this boy who they're trying, who they're hiding from um, a regime change in the Dominican Republic. And then this last one is she has fallen in love and she has this wonderful girlfriend and um, she's part of this like ultra rich family in California. And um, it has to do with like, I mean, yeah, it just has to do with the difficulties of trying to like live your identity in Mm. the 1970s. Interesting. All good. Everything was good. Except The Witcher was maybe not. Mm. That's a bummer. Yeah. 
Are you gonna gonna keep going? I'm gonna go into the second book and see. Maybe it'll take off. Yeah, maybe. I was telling James that like I'm in my like fantasy era. Yeah. So we were talking about like what are we gonna watch or what are we gonna like what should I read or whatever, and he was like, "Well, since you're like into fantasy, we could watch The Witcher," which I've never I've watched episodes just like hanging around while he has watched it. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that." We haven't started that Mm -hmm. yet because we're currently watching. Uh, The Legend of Vox Machina. Oh, I've um, never watched that, but it looks it so gets good. recommended to me all the time. So good. All right. Um. Anyway, but I'm excited to watch it. I have not read any of it, but I think that at least the first season maybe is more interesting storytelling. Okay, but you have to really pay attention, mm-hmm. and then it pays off. Okay. And I enjoyed the second and third seasons. I haven't watched the last episode of the third season for the exact mm-hmm. point of like, Aww. I don't want it to be over. Well, I don't want his era to Poor be Henry over. Poor Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that he was once a chubby teenager and that he is a like straight up video a game addict. A huge nerd. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, yeah. See the nerd. Nerd. I see the nerd part. He like. The way I've heard it characterized is that his video game addiction has almost cost him acting. <laughs> yeah, he's like a huge fanboy. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, what are we going to read next month? Uh, the Sundial by Shirley Jackson. All right. Okay. And um, so she re- she wrote The Haunting at Hill House, right? Mm-hmm. This came before. All right. Let me read the little synopsis. Oh, darn it. <laughs> Plot summary. Aunt Fanny has always been somewhat per- peculiar. No one is surprised that while the Halloran clan gathers at the crumbling old mansion for a funeral, she wanders off to the secret garden. But when she reports the vision she had there, the family is engulfed in fear, violence, and madness. For Aunt Fanny's long-dead father has given her the precise date of the final cataclysm. Ooh. Spooky. Ooh. Yeah. This was first published on January 1st of 1958. Happy New Year! <laughs> it's the end of the world, as you know it. Um, well, you know Shirley Jackson; she's such an uplifting one. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm interested. I almost I, I was tempted to do a Stephen King because I've never read Stephen King. Nada. Never. Nothing. Not a single I one. think I have, oh. but I don't remember. It's been a very long time. I don't remember what. The I think one, I read Misery. I think I, the, I, I read Dolores Claiborne for sure. Mm. I have the stand. I kind of want to so see. Weird. It's I a giant book. Re- I kind of want to read The Fog. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Only be only because see I I could never I was I could never even watch I could never watch scary movies because even the commercials would give me nightmares. So the image of the fog of the school bus going into the fog and every child coming out changed and weirded out. And that's all I know. Watch that movie. So like I know it's one of his, but I've never watched it. Um, Pet Cemetery and The Shining are like, yeah, like they're I'm going to do it. Yeah. See, Shining's on my list. I've seen clips from here or there, but never the whole thing. Wait, you never seen the movie? Never seen The Shining. Definitely read the book. Like first, because mm-hmm. the movie like has resemblance, but should, it's its own creature. You should watch the made-for-TV version yes. because that's much more Close on par the with the novel. Yeah. But Stephen the- Weber criticized. Was I just watched him be criticizing his performance, and I'm like, you mm. made me cry and broke my heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I love The Shining, but I think I'm going to start with The Fog. 
Just because right. I always, I was always fascinated by that. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Well, we will see you next month when we talk about the sundial. Um, if you want to hear us talk about a court of mist and fury, you can subscribe to our Patreon because I think we'll probably talk about that next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, um, we will see you next time. We've got new classes out on our website. We've got a new podcast out. Um, yeah. And if you read this or have any recommendations for other books that we should read in the future, let us know. Oh, Email us. us or you know, shoot us a message on our website or wh- however you want to get in contact with us. We would love to hear from you. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Strings Unraveled is a production of Strings and Things Studio with Anne Leckervin Cazzoli, Katie Von Rader Fraker, and Karen Wilmoth. Recorded and edited by Katie Von Rader Fraker. Find us online at stringsandthingsstudio.com or on Facebook or Instagram at stringsandthingsstudio. You can email us at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com. 